This is Papa Smurf. You're listening to Our Lifestyle, the podcast with ODB and the mayor. Yo, 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 it's Our Lifestyle Podcast, episode 292, and if you recall a few weeks back, we did announce that we're going to go bi-weekly in the summertime because, hey, there's a lot of good stuff going on, but we're not going to leave you hanging. We did this two weeks ago. We did the best of Our Lifestyle Podcast, and we're going to bring you one of the killer interviews from about two years ago and someone I had a chance to sense meet from down to earth, that's Chris Kudo. So we'll run his audio again. This was a huge fan favorite. If you listen to it, I'm telling you, go back and and listen to it again because you're going to really enjoy it. Chris is a great guy, been around the scene 30-plus years, so good stuff. Before we jump into that, though, we are going to have a little bit of new audio on this episode from Lauren Miller. We'll be talking about Scraping the Coast, one of our title sponsors, We can't thank the Custom Car Show production team enough for all that they do. We've said this before. This is the 20th anniversary of Scraping the Coast, and it's going down in just two weekends. That's the 24th, 25th, and 26th of June in Biloxi, Mississippi. One of the best things about this event is it's an indoor and outdoor event, so that makes it very nice because... It gets very hot in the south, especially during the summer. You can go inside and cool off and what we call, (laughs) what Papa Smurf and I would call the Freon poisoning. So definitely, 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 if you can, plan to come in. Hey, even check flights. I mean, you'd be amazed at how cheap a flight is, depending on where you're coming from, to go into said city or said state. But Scraping the Coast, um, it's down at the Coliseum. And it's the 24th through the 26th, as we said. So with that being said, again, not our normal um, episodes bi-weekly in the month of, uh, or or this year, I should say. Mickey Mike the Mayor, he's busy doing all kinds of stuff. I've got some good things in the works. Next week, I'll share something uh, with everyone. If you get an opportunity, go check out our YouTube channel uh, because I did uh, kind of a, I did the announcement on there. So you can check it out there. I'll share it next week uh, on the podcast. Lastly, uh, one update. We are still waiting for the Time Machine merchandise to print. That's the shirts, the hoodies, the tank tops. Everything else is in stock. But please note, uh, as soon as we get the confirmation from Brant and team that the stuff has printed, I'll blast out an email to say, hey, good news. It's at least on its way to us. Biggity Mike, the mayor, and Mrs. Mayor will do their best to bag and tag everything as soon as possible and then get those orders out. Uh, I know it seems like you know sometimes it's forever with the pre-sale ending and then you put your order in and then you have to wait a few weeks. But again, we certainly appreciate everyone's support. As we've said before, we kind of have it down to a science. The main thing is that gap between paying for the order and then, of course, having Brant and those guys uh, print them. So thanks so much to Graphic Disorder. And again, Custom Car Show Productions for all of the support. Stay on the rise. Enjoy the audio from Lauren. And then after that, we'll roll into Mr. Chris Kudo, the OG from Down to Earth. Check it out. We got you. Peace. 
Hey, hey, as I mentioned before we get to Chris Kudo's audio, just want to check in with our awesome family over at Custom Car Show Productions. Lauren, how you doing? It's great to have you back on. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. It's always a good time catching up with y'all. No doubt, and uh, it's always a pleasure to have you. We're so excited for the 20th anniversary. I know you guys are excited at Scraping the Coast family, and um, wow, I hate to reiterate it. I know it's a couple weekends away. I've tried to tell everyone, you know, if you've been on the fence, you know, fly on out, uh, figure out a room, come on in. But uh, what can you kind of share with us about the upcoming event in a couple weeks? You know, any kind of key updates or anything you have on your side? Um, we're just really, really excited. Like you said, our 20th year anniversary. I can't believe that, you know, we've been doing this thing for 20 years. It seems like just yesterday we started doing it with dad, but, um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're trying to make it even bigger this year, trying to come out with, um, sicker awards, better awards. Um, we got an artist coming in from New Orleans that's going to be performing on Saturday. Um, just trying to literally one up every year that we can, you know. Oh yeah, and the cool thing is, like you know, rest in peace to Greg. And I know, like you, you know, your mom Tammy, and and it's a family, it's a family thing. Uh, there's a good mix of lifted vehicles, lowered classic cars. We've seen a abundance of classic trucks even kind of come in, and it's a really good time there. If um, if people still wanted to register. Um, is that still an opportunity indoors, outdoors? How how are you guys standing with that? So inside is by wait list right now only. Um, we tend to fill up pretty quickly, and then I put everybody on a wait list as I see that we can get more people in. I'll go through the wait list. Um, outside is still open. Um, we have such a huge venue that it's it's kind of hard to max out that venue because yeah. um, we can just keep growing and growing with it. So. Um, we got a little over a thousand people that have already registered. Um, so that's one of our highest numbers that we've had. Um, and I don't, I think that's the highest number we've had since, um, we started. So I know that that's like huge for us, especially with our 20th year. Um, but you know, people can still come the day of, they can still pre-register until, um, Sunday night, the Sunday night. Um, after Sunday, it'll close, but they can still come and register on the day of the event. We don't turn anybody away, so more than welcome to come out. We take um, lifted trucks. We have SEMA builds that are coming. Um, we take bagged, lowered, static. We have no um, – we try not to discriminate anybody just because what may – something that I might like might be something that you like. So we try not to discriminate anybody um, unless they're breaking rules. So. Right. Yep. That's the only time we do. <laughs> yeah, it's a good approach. And like what I've always told people, the great thing about this big, huge venue is you've got the indoor-outdoor, but man, it is so refreshing to go inside and cool off. You've got a little couple sometimes food vendors right there. You can sit down with a cold drink. Um, that's got to be one of the best things, right, having that AC because it gets hot, as we know, in Biloxi in the summer. Yes, it does get hot. Um, definitely make sure you grab some waters because um, it can't get hot. That's the really good thing about us having that inside venue is, you you know, you take a walk around outside, you see the nice vehicles outside, and then you just walk inside and you check out the vendors, check out the vehicles inside because normally what's inside is some of the baddest of the bad, you know. Yep. So you really take your time soaking in that AC 
and then seeing what everybody's bringing, you know? Oh, yeah. And then even in front of the big round kind of Coliseum building, um, you know, I always encourage people, hey, if you're walking back, you can always kind of walk up close to that building and there's a lot of shade to kind of get you pretty yeah. close over to the main building, um, which which is always cool. The, the Something that I always thought was, was super exciting about the show is, again, you got, I think, typically American Force, right? They bring a lot of lifted vehicles, yes. so you get a chance to see that mix. Yes. American Force is our um, title sponsor, and we set them up a huge space right out front, uh, outside of the convention center. Um, so when you walk inside and then you come back out to go back outside, you literally walk into the middle of massive lifted trucks. <laughs> yep. So, and they also sometimes bring dualies, you know, that are in their booth. So, um, DJ Get Low will be in the American Force booth this year. And then we have DJ Mays on the main stage. So you'll have like a nice array of music from both ends. Yeah. Fantastic. And, and we love both of those guys, they're great at what they do, uh, and it's a good time. I know in the past, um, there's been, I don't know if you can share this or not, in the past, we've seen, uh, like, Texas Metal is, is a huge show that people love watching on, on Motor Trend, right? And we've seen Bill and his team kind of come out. Do you know if they're going to be making an appearance this year? They are. Um, oh, Bill, uh, they have Bill and Extensive, they will be out there. Um, they are normally set up like right in front of the Coliseum, um, where they always are causing trouble, of course, but we, we can't ask for anything more of them. So <laughs> right, right. they are Texas coming boys. out, they're bringing, <laughs> oh yes, they're, um, they're bringing out some really, really nice, sick vehicles. So we're excited to see what they're, they won't even tell us what they're bringing yet. They say it's a surprise. So we're excited to see what they come out with. Yeah, so if you're a casual listener and you're thinking about coming out to uh, Scraping the Coast, the 20th anniversary, you get that unique opportunity uh, experience to see Bill and his team kind of floating around their booth. They always have cool gear. And speaking of gear, um, I love where you guys typically set up for the shirts, the banners, the stickers, the skate decks, the metal signs, all the cool stuff. Is typically, one thing I've noticed is that when people funnel in the Coliseum, that's kind of where they come in and they can go get their gear. That gear typically for the Scraping the Coast official merchandise, my understanding is it pretty. Good. It goes pretty quick. So they need to come in right in that front, right? Yes. Um, it normally We normally sell about half of our gear on Friday. Um, and then Saturday we pretty much sell. The last, I would say the last four years, we have completely sold out by Sunday morning. Wow. So, I did order more t-shirts this year because the last couple of years we have sold out so quickly that, you know, people after the show, they want me to, you know, order another set and it's just not worth, um, yep. fuel market, you know, making two or three shirts. So I did order some more shirts this year. So hopefully we last until Sunday, but we never seem to last no matter how much I go up. So oh, yeah, yeah, definitely make sure that if you get there Friday, get your shirt. That's the first thing you need to do because the big boy sizes never last long. Oh yeah, I know, right? It's like you always think, "Hey, I got enough," and then boom, you got people still asking. There's a lot of good vendors yep. there. I know typically our family over at uh, Garage Gear is also out there, so I would encourage people go by the Scraping the Coast booth first, get your show shirt if that's what you want, and your stickers. They have a lot of cool stuff. They've expanded uh, the merch, but then you can also kind of float over to. Garage Gear, Our Lifestyle Podcast, Extensive. I know KIK sometimes there. A lot of good people that come out and support yeah. this event. 
Yes, sir. One thing that I think is important is I recall talking to Greg in the past and um, our homie, and when we talk about how the people come in, I love how you guys have it set up, how they kind of come in through the back. And um, keep me honest, is it? I always forget this. It's drive-through judging, right? In the in the uh, covered area, so that makes it a lot easier. Yes. Back in the day, we used to rent um, one of the casino parking lots, and all of us would be on the struggle bus out there trying to <laughs> register vehicles, trying to do drive-through judging. It was just miserable. So when they finally built that convention center, we were like, you know what? We're going to use half of it for an inside show, and then half of it's going to be registration and drive-through judging, and it's worked perfect for us. We've done that for about, I would say, at least eight years now, and it's been the biggest blessing. So, yes, yeah, so it's definitely... And a lot of people, you know, don't know that they'll come in and their vehicle isn't cleaned yet. So that is one thing that, you know, you can pull over, you can clean your vehicle real quick before you get into the judging lane. But if you, you know, want to hurry up, get registered, get uh, judged, it's completely, as soon as you pull into the building, you pick up your packet or you register and then you literally turn a curve and get drive-through judged. So it works perfect. Yeah, I would encourage folks to go to scrapingthecoast.com. There's a bunch of information there, but you could also go on uh, Google Maps, and I always forget there's that one main road that they turn off the strip, and then when they go down that road, that's like the backside of the Coliseum. They snake kind of around there. You got people telling you where to go. But to your point, the cool thing is, right, keep me honest, the way it works is when you get judged up front um, in terms of, you know, at the beginning or the, the front side of the show before, you know, it really gets going, then you don't have to worry about finding a judge over the weekend to come and judge your vehicle. Correct. Cool, cool. Yep. The only one that we normally do like that is when, if they do inside um, and they pull in earlier than, you know, the normal Friday, Saturday, um, we will have our judges go to them. But we pick all of our best ofs on Sunday. Um, so our judges really don't have time to just sit there and walk to all the, the right. vehicles either. So, um, yep. you know, we, we definitely take advantage of the way we have it now because it works really, really good. Oh, yeah. You can look up on Google Maps, Mississippi Coast Coliseum and Convention Center, and you'll see, I always butcher the name, it's like Beauvoir Road. It's that main road off the strip, and then you kind of go back on the backside towards like Oakwood Drive, and you'll see people out there. And I'm telling you guys, showgoers, we were out there last year, it's very easy to navigate in. And they make it very easy and, and stress-free. That way, once you get through that judging lane and you're done, you go park and it's like party time all weekend. You get to have a good time. Yes. Um, the road is Boubois. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's a... Kind of I French. I think it's French. Boubois. Yeah. So yeah. they just, as soon as they get off 90, either if you're coming from Pass Road or if you're coming from Highway 90, you either you turn on Boubois and then you turn into the back side of that Coliseum. And like you said, once you get registered, you get judged, you just enjoy the show after that. You know, you don't have to, there's no stress about staying at your vehicle, you know, waiting on anybody to come. It's just stress-free. No doubt. Now, I will reinforce one other thing. And again, when we came out last year and brought some vehicles, uh, keep me honest, Lauren, the trailer parking is always a big question, okay? But I learned this last year and how easy it was. It's so simple to want to go, hey, I'm just going to park over in this big concrete area. There are areas that they, they will tell you, there'll be folks out there that will say, look, this is not trailer parking. It's very easy. That same road you just said, right, keep me honest, right off of that road is where the trailer parking also is in a, in a big, huge field. Correct. Um, 
We do have trailer parking on site. It's in um, it's in the back lot. They they have a name for it, and I couldn't tell you what it is now. But the lot is half stereo, half trailer, and it it gets very crowded very easily, and it's not very organized back there. So we do have a separate separate um, trailer parking that's much easier. If it's on Booth Wall, if you go past the Coliseum and it's to the right, there's an old abandoned golf course. Um, that's our secondary trailer parking. Excellent. Okay. So we do have that available. Yeah. Got it. Okay, cool. So, yeah, so if you guys are showgoers, you know, and some of you are going to be trailering in vehicles, those are some of the key things. Now, um, I know the awards are always a fun thing uh, and people get super excited, you know, especially it's a lot of competition. Uh, what time do the awards go down on Sunday again? Um, so we do an auction um, every year for, um, it used to be called Cruising for a Cause. Um, since Daddy has passed away, we have now termed it as Miller's Prospects, and we choose a family that's in the scene every year, um, and we do an auction and a donation for them. So Friday night, they do the pre-party all that money gets donated to the family of a Miller's prospect. Um, and that show is, we, we call that show now scraping for a cause. Um, and then on Sunday, whatever donations they have raised, um, before we do awards, we'll do an auction for those donation uh, items. And then we also do like, if anybody wants to just donate money. Um, so we do that around three. And then as soon as that gets over with, we go straight into awards. So if the auction takes 30 minutes, then we start at 3.30. If the auction takes an hour, we start at 4. Um, in the past, we've started pretty much around 3.30. So Cool. Excellent. So scrapingthecoast.com, scraping the coast on Facebook or Instagram. I know, I believe in the past, you guys have also used the Facebook kind of event if there's any key, um, you know, fresh updates, right? You guys will post in there, but... One more thing I wanted to hit upon, just to, and then I'll see if you have anything else. Uh, keep me honest, as, as far as Friday with vendors outside, right? Is there anything key that people need to know about a potential event that's going on? Yes, I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, we the, the venue, the Coliseum, is throwing an Alan Jackson farewell tour on Friday night, which has kind of thrown us for a little bit of a loop, but it hasn't been terrible. Um, People have in the past have always just come on Friday and the Coliseum has kind of allowed us to, you know, let people park or whatever. They haven't really cared. Well, this year, since the Coliseum is having Alan Jackson, we are not having anybody that just stays, like just drops their vehicle off and leaves it in the parking lot. Because obviously, you know, the people who come for the concert have to park somewhere, um, which does throw the vendors in a loop a little bit. So, I've reached out to the certain vendors that it is going to affect, um, and we're working with them to try to get the vendors in Saturday morning really, really early. I'm going to wake up, and I'm going to go out there and help set them up. Yep, yep. As far as the inside, the convention center part, it won't affect anybody in there because the Alan Jackson concert you know, won't even be anywhere in the convention center. So if you registered for inside, you're still able to get in on Friday. If you are a vendor only inside, you're still able to get in on Friday. Um, it's just the outside vendors that is mostly around the Coliseum that it's going to affect. And like I said, I've reached out to those vendors. They, you know, everybody's been very understanding and thank God because nothing like an Alan Jackson concert. <laughs> <laughs> so, way, da way down yonder you know. on the Chattahoochee. I know that yeah. part. 
Um, yeah. So I know you'd be proud of me for knowing some country lyrics. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Yeah, and I just like that you set the record straight that it wasn't some big conspiracy, Lauren, that you guys were, like, doing this to, like, you know, because you wanted to, right? Because you don't wake up every morning right. and want to create problems. <laughs> who, who wants to do that? Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and when we when we found out, we were like, oh, man, but, you know, really, it's never been an issue because they've always just kind of allowed us to go ahead and let people in, but it's never been that Friday is a show day. So really, you know, nobody was really supposed to. We've just done it. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it throws us for a loop, but it's nothing that we can't handle. And all the vendors, like I said, have been great and very understanding about it. So it won't be bad, though, I promise. That's one of everybody's biggest concerns. You know, they're, they think it's going to be bad, but it's not. It's going to be okay. Oh, yeah. We're talking with Lauren from Scraping the Coast. Uh, Scraping the Coast this year is June 24th through the 26th, so we want to reinforce that's two weeks away. If you still on the fence, make plans, come on out. Even if you want to just be a spectator, you'll be blown away at all of the cool stuff. We've mentioned some of the great vendors, including uh, the famed Texas Metal, Extensive Metalworks, uh, will be out there. Uh, Lauren, um, I know there's a lot of folks that help, and I know you guys always give them the thumbs up. Um, is there anything else that you want people to know logistically when they get there? I know sometimes they have to kind of go inside and, you know, for some people that haven't been to the Coliseum, they might get twisted around on which room they have to go into. But is there anything other stuff that you would want to share that people should know? Um, I don't think so. Um, we try. We do have signs, so just follow the signs. Um, we do want everybody to have a good time, but please respect the venue. Please respect the vendors. Yeah, we just want everybody to have a great time. Come out and enjoy our 20th anniversary. Yeah, former uh, – I'll wrap it up with this. A former – Mini Truck Show of the Year for Mini Truck Magazine, okay? 20th anniversary this year. And oh, by the way, Lauren, let's not forget, okay? Some know, some have heard, some have seen it, if you don't follow the stuff closely. But congratulations, Scraping the Coast is going to be in the Mini Truck Hall of Fame. How awesome and how proud would your dad be? Um, You know, when, when they came to us and told us that we were going to be announced the Show of the Year, especially you know, our 20th year anniversary, um, it made me cry because, you know, dad, dad would have loved that. Dad would have like killed to know that, you know, and I know that he would be super proud of how well we handled it last year. Um, you know, when he was sick in the hospital. And so of course I wish he was here to, you know, obviously find out that we did get show of the year, but he would be ecstatic. Like, out of this world ecstatic. So we're definitely doing this one for him. We're all um, going out to SEMA this year to accept the award. So we're all excited. Yeah. We'll have more to share on that in the very near future, kind of reinforcing the mini truck hall of fame, but uh, Lauren to you, to your awesome mom, to our friend, Greg, uh, who we love um, just, you know, continue to do what you guys are doing. We love the custom car show productions family. You guys are a positive influence. I've seen you at a lot of shows this year, plus you're holding down your day job and some of your side stuff that you do. Uh, congratulations. Keep doing what you do and uh, stay on the rise. You know what I mean? Thank you. Yes, of course. Do it for him. Do it for him. All right, folks, we're going to roll into Chris Kudo for the best of uh, OLP episode. And uh, everyone have a safe weekend. Lauren, we'll talk with you soon. All right.
Yo, yo, yo. And as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, we got a man, a guest we've had on the list a minute. Just a a good guy. I mean, you guys are going to learn a lot about him, but his name is Chris Kudo, man. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Man, everything is good, man. You you hail from the West Coast. We got, a, I'm sure, a lot to talk about, but you know, some. You mean the, the best coast, right? The best right, coast? right, the West Coast, the West Coast, and <laughs> a lot of the guys out there know you. I mean, you're synonymous with the West um, and, and trucks, but maybe there's some guys in the East or some young cats that may not know you. So why don't you just kind of break it down? Who's Chris Kudo? Uh, I don't know. I've been I've been in down to earth for 28 years now. And, uh, um, I've been president for probably 26 of them, Damn. uh, 20, 25 of them. I don't know, something like that. And, uh, we're just a lower truck club. That's at one point in the nineties, they were huge. And then we got down to, you know, a couple trucks and back in the two thousands, we got big again. We threw a couple shows. We have a couple pretty famous trucks that, that changed the sport, particularly one that really changed the sport, uh, Lewis Martin's pro street built by IF customs. And, uh, we were, we were like the founding club that helped IF customs get started. Well, well, I'll tell you when we had, uh, speaking of IF, when we had carry on, man, I mean, it, it, it was a guy that I knew through Kool-Aid and some of the other, you know, old school guys and Chad Lucas and whatnot. And yeah, man, what a great guy. And I know that, uh, man, very talented and, and it's, it's funny when we listen to C10 talk, we hear him. I love the word he uses, uh, lineage, but there's so many yeah. like, ties to you guys out there, you know, with Grant and IF and stuff. So we got to hit on some of this. But before we get to it, like how, you know, so you've been doing this a long time, but how did you become a truck guy, so to speak? <sighs> well, I don't know. When I was like 16, my, my dad bought me a little Datsun truck that had no motor. So he's like, well, there you go. If you want to fix it, you got to put a motor in it. So I, I grew up on like a two and a half acre little horse cattle ranch. And I just, I had, we had a bunch of oak trees. So I, I hoisted up a motor with a chain hoist on an oak tree and I slid this truck underneath it. And that's when I started building trucks. And at that time I was racing uh, quads professionally. Wow. Okay. Uh, like at the, at, the, at the Mickey Thompson circuit and all that. So, you know, I was already pretty mechanical and I built my first little Datsun, like 71 Datsun pickup truck and I lowered it, figured out how to lower it. And, and, uh, really that's what I did when I would, when I'd win money racing, I go to my local races and win some money, and I would go buy truck parts, mini truck parts. Damn. So not to give away your age, Chris, but kind of like circle what year are we talking? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm 48. Okay. So I'll be I'll be 49 by the time this, this broadcast comes out, I'm sure. Oh, happy but, birthday, um, man. <laughs> yeah, soon. I'll be in a couple of weeks. But um, so I was in 1980. Let me see. 80, 86, I got my driver's license. Or 85, I got my driver's license. So... 86 when my parents bought me that little uh 71 Datsun for my 16th birthday I think it was and that, that was it and then I, I lowered it and cut off the hooks tinted the windows and put a little stereo in it and started getting pulled over <laughs> by the local cops so, enough to where they knew me by name they knew all of us out here in Canada I live in a little town called Canyon Country it's out by uh, Magic Mountain okay and Fridays and Saturdays, we'd all go, a bunch of mini truck guys would go to the local fast food place, Taco Bell and Jack in a Box. We'd all meet in those parking lots, and we'd mm-hmm. find out what the parties are, and we would just go from party to dirt party to dirt party to dirt party. And we'd take our mini trucks up these stupid dirt roads, <laughs> and we'd just go, we'd go to these dirt parties, and pretty soon the cops got to know all of us by name. They'd pull me over and say, hey, Chris, you know, what are you doing tonight? 
where's Kurt or, or where's this guy or where's this guy? And I'm like, hey, man, I don't know. I'm just trying to go home. I right. Work. right. You're I'm like, I'm not a home. snitch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they would get us. They would pull us over all the time. I remember a time where, like, Kurt was pulled over for tin of windows. Mm-hmm. And he told the cop, hey, that guy has tin of windows as, as I was at the stoplight next to him. So the cop <laughs> called me over and he gave me a ticket, too. Damn, man, your friends ran you out in the beginning. No, but <laughs> yeah. That's funny, man. I tell yeah. you, man, we it's funny when you look back because, I mean, I look back, my wife knows I'm like an 80s junkie, and I think back to those years of like Goonies and E.T. and, you know, BMX bikes got really big in the mid-80s. I mean, early 80s, but mid-80s, and, there, man, yeah. there was just a lot of good times, and you must look back and just have a lot of great memories for, from the ones that you can remember. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that old. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, like I said, like my very first truck run was in 1989. It was uh, called Bonton. It was up in Bakersfield. Yes. A band club called Bonton used to put that on. I went, so my dad used to own a motorcycle shop, and this the president of this old club called Ground Control used to shop there all the time, get uh, motorcycle parts. He's like, hey, man, I'm going to a truck run this weekend. You want to go? I'm like, what the hell is a truck run? Right, He's like, right. come on, dude. It's just like a three-day party. And I took my, at that time I had a little Nissan 720 extra cab. Okay. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm going. And, and that was like, this is so cool. But Man. that's, uh, yeah. So back, back then is when all this obsession, or I should say addiction, it's really an addiction. These cars and these trucks, I got, I don't know. There's probably 14 vehicles in my backyard right now. Oh, I've, I've got a note here and I was going to ask you about that because it's funny when I was kind of researching Heavy Hound as a guest, I was looking back and there was a photo of what I'll call your kind of compound, and it was like from 2015. Yep. And I was like, man, how do you acquire such awesome, you know, trucks <laughs> and parts, man? <laughs> it's like I said, it's an addiction. Yeah. So uh, uh, my buddy Lewis, who's in Down to Earth as well, he's the guy who owns the Green Pro Street and the cab over in the Merc. Uh, me and him, we just buy cars and we go buy stuff, and I have the property. And I have the shop and we, and we, we just build stuff here. It's, and even if we don't need it, we're like, oh, it's a good deal. We should just buy it now. Right. Yeah. I've seen, and we saw you on, you know, one of our homies, Low Life Mikey, you know, we got a lot of love for him. He's done some stuff oh, yeah. for us and, you know, we've known him a long time from the truck scene, even back to the DVD days. And we saw you on there and it was kind of cool, man, because even though you're on Instagram, which we'll give out a little bit later, you're kind of... Like if you Google Chris's name, it's uh, C O U T O, right? Chris Kudo. Yep. Um, you know, you don't see a lot of stuff. You got to kind of change the words to really kind of start finding the features and stuff. But you know, it kind of gave That's a little bit. Because of, there's a famous, there's a famous actress I, from, uh, from Brazil. <laughs> I saw that it came up like IMDb. I was like, wait a minute. But you know, it kind of that it was cool that you did it, man, and it's cool that you're doing the podcast because it kind of gave a little bit of glimpse into your world. And I'll tell you what, I think it was a shorter episode, but I really enjoyed that one, man. Yeah, it was fun. He did a really good job cutting together. He came a couple times, you know, because he's, uh, I guess his girlfriend's parents or his wife's parents live uh, like 10 minutes from me. Oh, so really? they're always, he's always, he's always in town. He's, and he, he hit me up. He's like, Hey man, I'm in town. Do you have time? I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing nothing. We're working on trucks right now, drinking beers. Right. So come on by. Yeah. That's the best time. And it was cool because he had told me that he was like, yeah, I was at Chris Kudos or something. He had posted a photo and, gave me some insight and then i was like man i got some killer photos he's like oh can i use these i was like yeah because um uh you know carrie had shared some with me you know when we had him on the podcast so it was cool but right 
I did want to mention too, because so you you brought up Lewis, right? And, and we couldn't do this podcast without bringing him up. You know, uh, right. I waited like eight months to post a photo last year, which was the twentieth. It was the twentieth anniversary to the day that Courtney had shot the Pro Street, which I think ultimately ran on. It went on to go into street trucks, but also they used it for the table of contents. It was cool because. It was pretty rad. I have that spread in the shots. Yeah, and you know what's awesome is Carrie had shared so many photos with us, and because when we had them on, we talked about how awesome it was for them to have a digital camera back then, and they took so many photos. So like we were able to see that it was like August of 99 for the date, and it's just awesome because we we got a lot of respect for Down to Earth, but like you look at that truck, and it's still – people are going, damn, dude, that thing is insane. It's still insane, too. It's like one guy will text me pictures every once in a while. He's like, I almost got you guys. I almost got you guys. And he <laughs> sent me a picture probably a couple years back. And it's a it's a peach primer extra cab that, like, he did some research. And he did the same chop as Lewis's. Uh-huh. And then he did the, he did a section. And he did all this cool stuff. He's like, look, I got the same section, you guys. I got the same chop, you guys. I'm like, man, it's finally. It's been 20 years. Finally. He's like. <laughs> I'm like, what's it look like under the hood? He's like, oh, I can't fit a motor in it. I'm like, well, then it doesn't count. Right, I know. And, you know, what's awesome, too, is we got a buddy, Jeff Giles, from RA Carolinas. And I always forget if it's north or south. I think it's South Carolina. And he um, had an epic Mazda, and he recently acquired an 88 to 98. And he's building it. I mean, he chopped it. And it's it's nothing as low as what you know what Lewis's is, but it was cool because he actually reached out to Carrie, and Carrie was giving him some some insight about it. So it's cool that his legacy has continued to live on all these years. Yeah, you yeah. know Carrie's and, and Lewis. Now, what was cool is the photo I think that that uh, Carrie took was behind Courtney, and it was August twenty fifth, ninety nine. And it was Courtney yeah. shooting Lewis, and it was funny because Kool Aid, you know, he worked at IF. You probably know Kool Aid, Crazy Kool Aid, yep. OG. Yep, he 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 was in he was in Down Earth for a minute. Yep, yep, he was I with the Ranger, and he po- he made a comment. He goes, "Yeah, where they shot it was right by a cemetery." I was like, oh, "I didn't know that," but that was an epic yeah. photo shoot, man. I, that you posted that picture of that yes. uh, Carrie's picture of Courtney shooting. Yeah, that was a great shot. Yeah, it was awesome, and uh, you know we can't forget our friends over at Colorado Custom. We love Michael and team, and the Paradox wheels on there. Man, you can't go wrong with those things. The offset on the back, yeah. Was th- just those killer. guys, those guys did a good job. They did a good job for us. So, and and actually, as I'm talking to you right now, parts are being gathered, and uh, that LS2 that's in the little red 49 that we're building mm-hmm. is actually going into the Pro Street. Oh really? Now I th- I'm pretty sure. Keep me honest. I think when when Mikey was there, there was a quick glimpse of it. Is it at your house? It uh, everything's at my house. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I thought because I remember I got, seeing. It. I, I was got, like, oh shit! I got nine down earth cars at my house right now. Yeah. Wow. Okay, man. So yeah, you're <laughs> holding the town, right? So we can't give <laughs> yeah. out your address because everybody's going to come by trying to get some parts. <laughs> Now's a good time. Everyone's home and everyone's got guns. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, man. Take them out. Take them out. I love it, man. <laughs> So, like, with you being good friends with Lewis, um, yep. you know, I would imagine you guys talk all the time, and you guys talk trucks, and, hey, what are we building next? Uh, every, every, well, for a, for a couple of years, Lewis was living here. He was getting divorced, so he was living here. Okay. So, so but, his, like I said, he's got six cars in my backyard, so he's here every, if not every day, at least every other day. And we work together, so we work on the same show. So we're together every day. Oh, nice, yeah. Because it seemed like you guys were like really cool friends, you know, like really good homies. And it's awesome that you got his back, and 
you know, you guys have these epic trucks. And, you know, I want to talk about your C10 in a minute, but, I mean, you got to give us, I know you probably got some stories. And, like, maybe, I mean, you go back, from what I understand, um, last year when we posted, it was the 25th anniversary of the um, Springs, uh, was it Spring Splash? And I think you were on that cover as well. And maybe not everybody knows that. Maybe you, you, you had a little cameo on there. Uh, well, I don't know about a cameo, but when I think, I think Courtney was setting that shot up and, uh, you know, they get, they had a ladder and I know, uh, uh, Katie Addy's truck was in there mm-hmm. and, and, and there was, a, I think one or two down the road trucks and there might've been, uh, Chris Cheney's yellow Toyota. And I think Nick Santana's green Mazda back then, uh, when I got in down to earth back in 92, those guys had the, like the. Those two trucks were winning everything. Chris Chain would win the open bed wild and Nick would win the closed bed wild mini truck classes. And so I think those two trucks were out there that, that weekend. And uh, when Courtney was putting all this together, so he's like, anyone who wants to be in it. So like I was, I don't know if, if I had the photo in front of me, I bet you I'm three quarters back and I have my, you can see my down earth shirt and I'm turned around looking over my shoulder. That's killer. And you know what's crazy? I mean, we didn't even plan this, but I'm being honest because, you know, the many truckers out there, they know I love dates. Literally, Spring Splash 94 was April 7th through the 10th of 1994. And today we're recording. It's April 7th, 2020. Huh. And to me, it's crazy. 26 years later, you know, like I got into it a little bit after you did, right? You're not that much older than me. Years later, I'm, I'm but, still doing this. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, dude, I mean, how that to me is just fucking awesome, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping I, I oh, it, you know, I'm sorry, twenty Yeah, 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 twenty six years. I think I got that right. I, I had to do my math again. <laughs> but so here so here's what I want to ask you. You mentioned Courtney's name, right? So with you being yep. really kind of tied into the scene in the mid eighties into the eight you know, into the late eighties, surely you had to have met him early on in his kind of career, so to speak, you know, and became friends with him. like I said before, I met Courtney before he even worked at a magazine. I was at my very first trucker in 1989. I was born in Bakersfield. I was just some dumb kid walking around going, wow, this is so cool. And I walked by this group of people. It's a couple dudes and a couple chicks. And they're playing this, this drinking game called Thumper. And I'm like, what the hell are you guys doing? They're like, sit down. So I, I sat down and he was in a club called Class Act, which was before he was a negative camper, obviously, before he founded Negative Camper. And, uh, and we, I just started heart partying and drinking with those guys. And then later that night, I'm like, oh, wow, dude, it's dark. I got to get back to camp. You know, I went back to camp and the next day I found those guys and we partied again. And then, and like I said, back in the mid eighties and late eighties, I was racing professionally and Courtney was at all the races and he would come into the pits and we'd hang out. And yeah, I've known Courtney, I knew Courtney way before the, the truck scene was huge, you know, before any of that. So it was good to see him, you know. Yeah, and what, like, Chris, what do you think, like, you know, a lot of people, when we have guests on, they kind of, you know, we we sum up how much people love Courtney, but, you know, you knowing him early on, like, kind of, was there any one thing that you think stood out with Courtney, why people, why he's so beloved? Because he was goofy and personable. He didn't, he was just always, like, smiling and having a good time. I don't remember a single time uh, when he was, like, pissy or in a bad mood even even i can't even remember even if we were drunk he was happy even if we were hung over he was happy i so i could tell you this one quick spring splash story 
with Courtney if you have a second. Yeah, yeah. So we're walking around, me and Courtney, and and I don't even know who else is with us. It might have been Mike Fitch and and whatever. And you know, it's at the show, and the, the they all the show cars used to be on the grass, and it's probably I don't know one or two in the afternoon. Courtney's like, man, I got to take a leak. So he goes like in his four by four <laughs> and starts taking a leak behind the tire. And all of a sudden, hey, hey, you're peeing on me. <laughs> so there's a dude sleeping under the truck because he's trying to get out of the heat because it was 110 degrees out. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, and it's funny because, you know, you'll hear these older couples that have been together like 60 years and all this. And people talk about like, you know, they go, what's the secret? And they go, man, we're just happy and this type of thing. And I think it, it it's true, man. Like when you just go through life and you just have a good time, he did what he loved. You know, he worked for magazines, he traveled, he met people, he built relationships. And I mean, I think you summed it up. I've never heard anyone say it in that way. That's why we like to ask. And we knew that, you know, you had that, that kind of, you know, relationship with them. So that's cool, man. Yeah. He was a good dude. He's, he's very well missed. You know, he was a great dude. Yeah, brother. Well, before we talk about your C10, like what yep. if if you thought back to all the truck runs and the shows and all this stuff? I mean, we still got to talk about Greenville a little later because I, I went to that at many years, including the year you guys went out there. But what was um like? What's maybe one of your most like famous you know stories or something that comes to mind, uh, whether it's Courtney related or not? Uh, I well, okay. So I'll tell you a great story from when we went to. Uh, drop zone up in Salem, Oregon. That's mm-hmm. what drop zone was, right? Mm-hmm. So, and let me see. My truck, my 63 was yellow and white. So that must have been 2006 or 2007 when we went. And uh, we decided that, you know, Down Earth was going to go. Like, and nine of us or eight of us from Down Earth got in our cars and we said, we're going to go. And I know, uh, um, the domination video guys, they were, they were doing a cruise that started somewhere and they were picking up a bunch of dudes and then they would meet in another section and more dudes would get there. So by the time they met in like uh, central California and Fresno area, there's like a hundred trucks or something like that. So we roll up to a truck stop or whatever. And there's a hundred mini trucks and, and lowered cars and custom everything. So we're like, Oh, this is going to be so cool. So, so we all, Whoever's in charge, it might have been uh, God, what's the guy who did dom- uh, domination videos? Oh, what was um, his name? It was um, Oliver. Oliver. Oliver's all right. You know, he gets the crowd going. All right, let's go. We're gonna head out. And they're right, going. right. And uh, we're going for miles and miles and miles and miles. And we get to a gas station. I don't know, like close to the edge of California, Northern California. And we're like, hey, w- let's stop and get a hotel. You know, we got like seven more hours of driving. We've already been driving 14 hours or some shit like that. So they're like, uh, all right, we'll get a hotel in right over after the border in Oregon. And um, and the rest of the people of the crew are like, no, we're going to go all the way through, man. It's only like three more hours past when you guys are going to get a hotel anyway. We're like, nah, we're just going to stop and, and, and for the night. So we're going through the pass at Oregon, and we get to some construction. And all of a sudden, we all hit the brakes, right? Well, crash this is how he gets his nickname jesse right, right. <laughs> jesse doesn't hit his brakes fast enough and he hits he runs in the back of george wow so so jesse wrecks his truck and wrecks george's truck and they're like they're like two cars <laughs> behind me i think i think little rob's wagon was in between us and them, Damn. And them. so we're like oh man so 
we pull over and they just run into each other. It's not, they don't wreck them, but right, they get right. them, right? Yep. So we all pull over, we all pull over and, um, and Jesse gets out of his truck. George gets out of his, we all get out of our cars. He and his girlfriend, they get out and they close his truck. Well, the truck's running and he has Holy shaved door shit. handles and his AC's on. Oh, dude. His, his truck's running. So we're like, what are we going to do? We're like, oh my God. So we're all trying to break into his truck. And uh, I called my wife and I'm like, God, we're on the side of the road. There was an accident. She's like, someone hit your truck. I'm like, babe, if someone hit my truck, there'd be, I'm like, one, two, three, four, nine. There'd be nine shallow graves in this forest. I wouldn't <laughs> right, be talking to you right, right. now. Yeah. Right. So, so we're like trying to break into this truck. And all of a sudden we hear this like whistle from across the freeway. We all stop and we look, and I kid you not, it's this blonde, long blonde hair, like in a white uh, wife beater <laughs> with work boots and jeans, driving like a construction, like a Caltrans truck. Uh huh. She's like, You guys need some help? Or like, even the chicks are with us. We're all, all our floor, all our jaws are like hitting the floor. <laughs> our tongues are dragging. This chick is, and she's across eight lanes, six lanes of freeway or eight lanes of freeway. I ever, might have been four lanes. I don't know. Yeah. And we're like, and she comes running across and she like jumps the center divider on one little hop. Her, her hair is like flowing back and she gets over to us and we're all too, we're all too stupid to talk. <laughs> she says, you, guys, you guys okay? We're like, uh, 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 yeah, we, we just need to get this truck unlocked. So she runs back across the freeway, jumps the center divider, gets like a slim gym out of her truck, comes running back by and unlocks this truck for us. She's like, all right, you guys are good. And she runs away. And and none of us could even talk the whole time she was there. <laughs> and it's so funny because I try to tell people this story. And I try to say, I'm not exaggerating one bit. You can call Jesse. You can call little Rob who was in Down Earth back then. You can call little Rob's wife. You can call George. Uh, uh, you can call all these dudes. And they'll all tell you the exact same story. We were just dumbfounded that this like angel came out of nowhere and unlocked this truck for us and left. Yeah, I know. It's it like the mini truck gods were looking down, man. It, they were looking down good too. <laughs> Dude, that is insane. Yeah. I, I had a crazy story. I won't tell the whole thing, but like I had got my truck had just gotten body dropped and we were driving twenty years ago to like blood drag like 2000 or something. And my buddy, I got in to get gas and my buddy, I, I stepped out of the truck and he goes, yo man, your truck's not even, dude, your trucks, you didn't even put the parking brake on. And somehow, I don't know, I wasn't even thinking. And I left the, the truck in, in neutral and I just got out of it. And then he like throws his leg over the, you know, the, the tunnel in the middle. And like, you know, he's like, get back in the truck. So I'm like, I've had some close calls. That was one of the closest, you know, he's like, what the hell are you doing? I'm like, I don't know, man. But uh, I think it was too much carbon monoxide, man. <laughs> uh, you know those days. But to sorry. finish that story real quick, so we went and got our hotel that night, and we proceeded to get hammered, drunk, and stupid. Mm -hmm. But we slept. We slept for four or five hours, and we got up the next morning and went to the show. Well, everyone who didn't stop at a hotel, mm -hmm. the rest of the crews, they all like got to the the place like at three in the morning. So. They were all sleeping outside the gate, right? And we come ah. cruising past, all we passed at breakfast at the hotel. <laughs> we got the most epic parking on the whole show because we were later than everybody. Right. This, dude, that's insane. It's weird how that stuff works out, isn't it, Chris? Yep, and that's the that's the first weekend I wrecked my truck. Damn, dude. And now that <laughs> that was that was the epic C ten, which we're gonna talk about, but you're talking about when it was red or yellow and white. Yep. Yep. 
So that was the first time it got right was in Oregon. Well, so here's the crazy thing. Uh, the listeners may know. We'll go back. We'll share some of the photos. But just to give a quick timeline, you got um, around January, let's say January 06, you have, um, it's called Metal Finished Madness. That was classic truck. So it was, it was Jeremy Cook shoots it. And then you get um, what was nuts to me, and you can maybe fill in the timeline, is October of that same year, you got it yellow white on the cover of Street Trucks. And here we go, Jeremy Cook who, um, you know, is, is fan favorite. He's done a lot of work in the truck scene. Then it's on the yep. cover. So, like, fill us in. When, when it was shot, it almost seemed like it was out in the dry beds. Like, was it, like, post-SEMA? Or, like, how did January 06 in bare metal turn into October 06 where it's finished? Well, it was already scheduled to go to the paint shop before it got shot for bare metal. It was bare metal for for six weeks. Uh-huh. So okay. I, I picked it up. I picked it up from Bob's. In bare metal, I took it to two or three car shows, and then um, the plan was to get it to SEMA that year. And uh, and Bob Grant actually had this painter guy, uh, Kevin. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Hey man, this this guy really wants to paint your truck. Give him a call." So I call this dude Kevin, and I'm like, "Hey man, uh, I have a bare steel C10, uh, 63 C10." Uh, needs a complete paint job. He's like, I don't do old cars. I don't do complete paint jobs, and I do customs. I'm like, well, why Dude, am I talking to you then? Right? Like, what the hell do you do? <laughs> so he's like, I, I'm like, Bob Grant told me to to call you because this truck's supposed to be going to see me. He's like, oh, oh yeah, I want to do that truck. Oh my god, really? So so, um, it was like I said, it was it was only bare steel for six weeks, and then it went to Kevin's shop up in Northern California, up in Gridley, California. Okay. And um, he had 12 weeks to do it. I mean, SEMA was 12 weeks away or something like that. And uh, and he did it. He did it in like 11 weeks. Wow. So like when it was in bare metal and it was on the cover with uh, trying to think of Ford maybe – and um, no, it was it was with oh, that's a, right, it was another C ten. Yeah, that's what it was. It was the other C ten body style. I'm sorry, I got that wrong. So yeah, Clint Petrie's truck, right? Right. So that exactly. So then, how did like around like do you kind of recall like was it shot like you know late the previous year for that cover? No, let me see. No, because I when did I pick up? Yeah, because I guess that was I January must've... 06, so maybe it was like three or four months before that or something, back in like, you know, mid to late 05. Mm, they must have rushed through because I picked it up and... Oh, I see. Yeah, because you're saying like you had it in bare metal, but it was only in bare metal. I got you for a few weeks. So to your point, it probably was kind of um, fast-tracked for that cover because yeah, it was that it epic. Been, it might have been fast-tracked because they needed some content or something. I think something they were putting on the cover... I know Jeremy would know more. Yeah, than yeah, yeah, that, yeah. But I think, I think they were they had something else for that that cover, and something fell through, and so they fast tracked mine to that. Yeah, and you know I always remember seeing some of the photos, like when I think back, like there was one in front of I don't know if it was IF Customs or what, but um, you know you got the one where the back glass is out, and you just see like the the fleet side bed on it, and you see the work, and and I just don't even know, Chris, if people. Like an average showgoer, if they even understand how much work has went into that truck, man, just just when it was in bare metal. Yeah, and and I'll tell you what, if you don't own that body style truck, you don't realize like the hood opens in a different spot, right? Yep. And the doors, the doors have been widened on the bottom, so 
So like my door are all everything slants the same way as my A pillar because it's it's the A pillar slants back. It's got that that B, I mean the B pillar. Mm-hmm. It's got the B glass on it, the knee knockers. So what Bob did is he lengthened the bottom uh, of the doors. So the line is the same angle, the same angle as the hood, ah. the glass, the doors, and the tailgate are all cut. Everything's leaned forward a little bit. So everything, so no one even notices that. When it was yellow and white, no one ever noticed any of that. And then when I painted it black and took it back to the same show a year later, they're like, oh my God, you did some more body work. I'm like, no. Right. The black it show stood the out differently. Work. Yep. It stood yeah. out differently. And, you know, to me, and keep me honest, because I don't know all the history of the truck. So you basically have it on the cover of October 06. I'm looking at the issue epic cover. Again, you know, hats off to Jeremy mm-hmm. Cook. But, did like, okay, so the truck goes to SEMA that year. Like, and I'm just throwing this out there, right? Like, why does this, I mean, to me, this truck should win GM Design Award that year. I mean, was there something else there they picked? <laughs> I don't even know. I mean, t- it's just insane. I don't know why I had to work. So I went Sunday. Dropped my truck off Monday morning and left. And then oh, okay. I went back Friday and picked my truck up. So I didn't even walk around SEMA that year. Got it. Wow. So that's I, nuts. I was at SEMA for I was at SEMA for two hours dropping my truck off and I had to be back at work. Freaking nuts, dude. Well, let me ask you this one so before we get to the black side, right? What yep. was like what's your favorite thing when you look at your truck or you think back to those days, like, you know, what's what's your favorite mod on the th- on the whole truck? Oh, um, I would say my favorite mod on the whole truck. I like I like the doors, the way that he, he lengthened the bottom of the doors because no one notices that. Nice. Yeah, it's crazy. I always thought the bed was just insane. I always liked how the kind of the fleet side bed was with the lights, the way they kind of go back. I mean it's just it's so much metal work. I mean it's just mind blowing. And it was and, it, and the funny thing is about it, it didn't start out to get all that done. I was building just a regular daily driver truck. And uh, when I sandblasted my bed to get painted, the bed was thrashed. The stock bed, I bought that truck for 400 bucks and about 700 pieces. Wow. It took me a truck and a trailer to get all the pieces back to my house. And I was just going to build something to drive. And then uh, when I did the sandblasting on the bed to get ready for paint, it the bed was junk. Mm-hmm. So we had to buy another bed. Well, we just bought a long bed and shortened it over at Carrie's shop. We, mm-hmm. But we shortened it 10 in front and 10 in the back so it centered the, so it centered the wheels. Yes. Because stock in those trucks, you know, they're a little forward. Mm-hmm. Instead of doing 12 and 8 like everyone else does, we did 10 and 10 to bring the wheels back to center. Uh, so then so then the bed was – we put a new bed on it, and I'm like, I just need to get a little bit of work done because there's a little bit of uh, stuff I want to get done here. So I'm going to take it up to Bob. He's going to – fix my doors <laughs> right he's gonna fix the chop a little bit and he's gonna do a little bed work and then he sent me a picture when he was putting it together he had just the bed overlap he had the middle overlap he's like i'm gonna kind of do the bedside like this and he had it overlapped mm-hmm. i'm like whoa 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 where's that unibody he's like oh no i just haven't cut the metal yet I'm like, let's not cut the metal Let's just make it a unibody. <laughs> that's, so that's how the unibody came about. That's how the unibody was a total accident but because he sent me a picture of something he was working on and he just had it overlap because he wasn't sure where he was going to cut it yet. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, I'm like, what are we going to do about the hood? He's like, you don't have no say on the hood. When you show up to pick your truck up, you'll see the hood for the first time. So he sent me no pictures of the hood ever. 
So I was like nervous when I, me and my wife pulled up to, to, to pick up my truck. It was like around the corner and we had no idea what it looked like. Yeah. The, the hood is always stood out to me. Cause like you said, those trucks, I mean, I'm not a C10 expert kind of like Ronnie is over on C10 talk, but I mean, I know like those those year trucks. I mean, they're maybe not my favorite year trucks because of certain aesthetic things. But when yeah. when I look at this truck, it's it's got. I mean, to me, it, it it's you know it sells it sells it to me, and it's got to be. Um, I've never been with anyone when they've you know had to take a, a body and put it on or take it off. But a unibody full size truck like this, man, it's it's got to take some guys. Now, obviously, if you got a lift and all that, but how heavy is it to try to put that thing on? I, I won't take it off that frame, no way. Right, I, I thought that was going to be the answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I have. But it's funny because you saw that picture I sent of you today on jack stands. Yes. And and I do have a lift in my shop. And I was like, I could pull the body off this thing pretty easy to put my new LS because I got an LS for it now. Okay. And a new motor and all that stuff for it. And I'm like, I could pull the, the, the body off. I could repowder coat the frame instead of just spraying it you be all together and taping things off. So there has been, I've been staring at this thing for the last couple of weeks thinking maybe I'll take the body off, but to be honest with you, I'll be using my lift. So I don't know how heavy it is. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. So, so. Uh, you, you gave some hints earlier about the black pain and, and maybe some of the reason behind the why, but you know, I think a lot of people, the hardcore truck kin folk out there, you know, they want to know, like to me, I look at this truck, I look at the cover one of my favorite covers, you see kind of the dry bed there, you know, tuck in, just an epic, epic shot, right? But then why yeah. do you go from, like, these bright colors and it just, you know, this and that? Like, what was the motivation? There, I, I kind of know, I think, in the back of my mind, but, like, what was it to, to cause you to repaint it? <sighs> I was uh, – first I want to say it was probably dumb because it cost me a lot more money. Okay. But, right. But what happened is I told you when I took it to Oregon, mm -hmm. it's the first time I wrecked it. Yep. So and wrecking something that has that much metal work in it is just not like, oh, take it to Mako. Right. So I had to drive it back home from Oregon wrecked. Mm. And I had to drive it past Bob Grant's shop. So <laughs> oh, I, there you go. So, so Bob was there when I wrecked it. So he's like, all right, well, let's, on your way home, just drop it off the shop and I'll fix that. So he fixed it. He fixed the roll pan. He fixed the bedsides and all that stuff. And he's like, hey. While I'm fixing this, why don't we put a rear bumper on it? I'm like, I don't know, man. He's like, listen, I got this great idea for this rear bumper. I'm like, okay, just do it. <laughs> Anytime Bob says that, so, you kind of have to go with it. You know what I mean? I I agree. And and the guy falls asleep. He closes his eyes and he dreams this stuff up that <laughs> you're like, come on. And then and then it turns out epic. The guy is a master sculptor of metal. Uh, he's a stud when it comes to that stuff. So he's like, I'm gonna do this rear bumper. You gotta let me do it. I'm all right. So he does his rear bumper. He's like, we got to change the front bumper now, dude. I'm like, okay, just do it. So it's got a 60 Impala front bumper on it now. So so he he, he put the new bumpers on. He fixed all the body work. He's like, all right, dude, it's ready. I'm like, well, maybe we should change the color because you changed the, the mods. <laughs> He's like, okay. So I call Kevin, the guy who painted it before, and – uh the plan was it was going to go to SEMA again. Mm -hmm. So he had always he did it, and he did it in like 11. And then the guy that was going to take it to SEMA, it's like, I, I can't. I had to give up the spot. So I'm like, all right, whatever. So now it's black. Got it. So and, and then you basically have to kind of give credit where credit's due. 
the cool thing, as you know, you've been doing this a long time, like anytime you redo a truck or, you know, in this case, it wasn't just a quick refresh. I mean, it was a lot of work. You basically typically will get it reshot. And what was cool is Johnny O and Mike from Low Life Mikey, it looks like yep. I think both of their names were credited with that indoor studio shoot of it in black. Yep, it is. They, they did a great job, both of them. They're both, they both were there. Yeah, and what a run because you go January 06, cover – Right, and bare metal, and then you get a second yep. cover, technically the same year, October, and then boom, April 2011, you got the truck and feature, which really could have been on the cover, but you know, for whatever reason, you know, sometimes that stuff works out, but still, the 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 shoot is 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 epic in itself. So I think like that truck has had a long run, but then boom, 2011, you know, that's nine years ago. So I think there's more life that you're gonna uh, you know breathe into that truck. It sounds like. Oh yeah, it is. Like I said, I got a. I took the motor out of it. And I put the motor in my '74, and uh, now I got an LS1, a uh, 500 horsepower LS1 built for it. Because now I'm gonna try to wreck it faster. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, for you, I think so. <laughs> it, it does make sense. Uh, so, that's funny. Um, and I, you know, I'm gonna redo. It's gonna stay black because I don't want to repaint the whole truck again. But when it got sideswiped, I let my buddy drive it to work one day, and uh, he got sideswiped on the way home. Damn. And he called me. He's like, he's like, hey man, he's like, hey man, I'm gonna take your truck to the car wash. I'm gonna get it washed up. I'll bring it home like in a couple hours. I'm like, all right, cool. And he calls me like ten minutes later. He's like, hey man, I wrecked your truck. And I'm like, yeah, f you. And I hung up on him. Right, because you thought he was like really fucking around. You're like, you shouldn't be fucking yeah, around, I, but you're probably messing around. And then he sent me a picture of it wrecked. I'm like, oh Dude. man, it was like two, two miles from where I was working. Did he get so an ass beat down or no? No, it's listen, That's dude. It's so funny because the kid. <laughs> Right when I got there, the kids, the kid who hit it, his dad was getting there. He's like, "You wrecked your buddy, wrecked my son's brand new Honda." So the kid who hit my truck had his license for forty-five minutes. They were coming from the Honda dealership, but in his wow. brand new car. So it's literally like it's some crazy, weird shit happened for that to go down. Right. He's like, "You wrecked my son's brand new Honda." I'm like, "Okay, listen, this is a one-off, hand-built custom truck." Right. You're like, and "Let me take a breath." Parts for. <laughs> right. <laughs> Dude, that so. is that is insane. So, since the C10, now you know we got a little bit of look on Low Life Mikey's YouTube channel of some of the stuff you dabble yeah. in. But man, like, w would you say like most of what you've worked on since then is the homies trucks and stuff like that? Or man, it seems like you you know from from what I can tell, right? I mean, you got a lot of cool stuff. But do you kind of like like for me, I'm, my friends know I'm kind of scatterbrained because like I'll start working on something and then I kind of get bored. I'm like, oh, I want to have something else. I want to have a driver. And, you know, seemingly, you know, you end up with all this stuff. But, like, for you, do you kind of – or is that your – you know, do you walk out to your shop when you're off and go, hey, I'm going to work on a cab over today that's, you know, for Joe Schmo? Like, how do you go about your normal day, man? It just depends what there's parts for around, like, what we have the parts for. So and, – and what's in the way. So right now, like, in my shop, there's a, I have a three-bay shop at my house. Mm -hmm. And – uh, Lewis's cab overs on one side and the 49s on the other. So I only have the middle spot right now. So for a couple weeks, we were working on Justin's truck because we're building him a, a short bed crew cab with a Cummins in it. Um, uh, mid eighties square body. So he was in the middle shop on the left. So I couldn't work on anything in my shop. So I had to work on his truck to get his stuff out of the way so I could bring something of mine inside the shop. Mm -hmm. So it just depends Depends what parts are available, who's available to come work on their stuff. Because like there's, there's five different people who have cars here right now. Josh has a car here. Justin has a car here. 
Bob has a car here. My cousin Bob has a car here. Luke's has two cars here. I have three. I have five cars back there. You know, so it just depends what parts we have available for that weekend or what day we're going to do. So that's kind of really dictates what gets worked on the most. Yeah, and the way I see it is, you know, like a lot of people were always like, man, we want to hang out at the shop more. Man, we want to make it like the old days. And unfortunately, kind of life gets in the way. But, you know, keep me honest. My understanding is you kind of work in the film industry, right? So when, like, you, you know, you can maybe explain how your schedule kind of works. But for you guys, is it such a, like, a tight friendship of of the homies and the -the down-to-earth homies and fam that you guys like? Are you do you charge your friends for stuff, or are you just like, man, you're down because this is this is in your blood? I don't charge anybody for anything. The only thing I require is that you come over and work on your stuff and bring beer. Nice, and dude. We just we work for beer, and and we tried a couple of us, me and Lewis and another guy. We said, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna. One of the friends brought in a guy. Hey, can you build my truck for me? And we did it right, and we're like, all right, we're gonna do this, and this is what it'll cost you. And then the guy ends up with no money and then he has no parts and then the truck sits in my way for six months because he has no money. He has no parts and he won't return my calls because he's embarrassed. So I don't do anything for money. If you bring your car over here, you have to bring beer and you have to come work on it. The second, <laughs> I love it. The second you stop working on your car, you got to take it out of here. I love it. Well, I'm on Zillow right now looking for your house. I think I'm going to move right next door, homie. No, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> yeah, but I, no but, problem. But no, seriously, I like it because you know, a lot of us in, in, you know, the wife and the kids and family and jobs and all that stuff, like it does get in the way. So, you know, that's kind of what I had heard about your setup. You know, you guys, there's people that say they're about that life, but it almost seems like for someone like you, that's been doing this almost three decades and it's in your blood. I mean, you do this like on your own time because you're that passionate about it. And I don't think people realize that's why I'm trying to reinforce that it's like dude when you say you're about that life dude I mean you're helping people build their dreams and you know it doesn't happen overnight because I know those projects uh they seem to take some time because it's a lot of money yeah it's it's right like I said Justin Strzok's been here for two years and he's a young kid and he's got a good job but you know he just bought a house so he can't afford parts right now but he's my buddy he's my homie when I need to do some work on my house he's here when I, you know, when we're building the deck for my new pool, he's here pounding nails with me. So, so those guys, type of the guys, I could let those guys, I could let Lewis and Josh and Justin and Bob, I let all anyone who runs a down earth logo, I let them keep their stuff here as long as they need, you know? Yeah, that's so, a real deal. But like when they bring, when they bring, hey, can you look on my car today? Yeah, it has to leave today. And where's the beer? Right. Now, what, okay, hey, I got it. This is a serious question. Like, what kind of beer is your favorite beer? Well, my favorite beer is Hogarden. It's a Belgian beer. But my go to beer is 805 because you can get it anywhere. So, I, cases and cases of 805, and then Lewis drinks Miller Lite. So, that's we a little drink, easier. We got, yeah. We drink Miller Lite. We drink Paps. We drink 805. We drink. I don't know. There's all. I have a beer fridge in my in my fridge in my shop. I'll send you a picture of what it looks like. It's yeah, crazy. brother. That's what I'm talking about. Now, um, the thing that uh, that I can't get over here. You know, many of the the listeners know I'm a big like West Coast music fan, and I kind of study the West Coast. And 
Uh, we don't, you know, E40, who's a legend from the West, you know, he has his own beer, and it may not be the best beer. I've never tasted it, but we can't get that over here. So there, there are there are some of those going on too. You know what I mean? So where I can't get that, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, I, I have to get you to ship it. I don't know it. if 805. I don't know if 805 is even available back where you live yet. Yeah, I don't think so. But for a long time, it was like so. It's only been around for like three or four years in the LA area, but I guess it was in the 805 area code for years. And I drank it like six or seven years ago. I went to my cousin's house up in Napomo. And they're like, you got to try this beer, this 805 thing. I'm like, all right. And I tried it and I bought like a 12 pack and I brought it home. And then when I ran out, I was like, Oh, that was good. Eventually I'll get back there. And then now it's here. So I don't know how far, if it's 805, which is the local area code from Firestone up past uh, Santa Barbara, that that's the beer I drank. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Now, the listeners, you guys can go on and follow Chris on Instagram. It's DTE, which stands for Down to Earth, and then Kudo, C-O-U-T-O, so DTE Kudo. Now, now I gave out the hint there earlier because I've been talking with you some. Um, talk to us a little bit about, I know right now is, is crazy in the world with this COVID-19 shit, so things are kind of maybe shut down, but... Uh, you know, people often want to hear kind of like, what do you do for a living? And we gave it out, but it doesn't really spell out what you do. All right. So what I do is I do lighting for TV and movies. And uh, I've worked on a bunch of huge movies like the Men in Blacks and the Spider-Mans and um, Green Hornets and all that. And uh, that was the first few years of my career. I've been doing lighting for 20 years now. So in the last six years, I've been doing tv shows i did a show called the middle uh and i did a show a new show called 68 whiskey i worked on the original gilmore girls um so i just do whatever show we're on we're just uh we're just doing a show lincoln lawyer based on the matthew mcconaughey movie oh right right uh so that was just starting two weeks ago and it was supposed to go for 12 weeks and it's um, postponed yeah, it's it, it's crazy. It really is. And, you know, being a big movie fan, I, I'm more of movies 80s, 90s, but I, I love to watch the behind-the-scenes stuff and whatnot. Now, is it true that people like, you know, like, okay, you're in that industry. Um, is there like a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, um, like a union-style thing, or is it certain guys that are like the, the, the camera guys, or does that, does that apply to all the different kind of guys that are doing all the behind-the-scenes stuff? Every every trade is a different union. So I do set lighting and my union's a 728. So what I do is my boss tells me to put a light here and aim it at this person in this direction. And then there's another union called the grips, their local lady. What they do is they shape the light. I aim the light, they shape the light. So Ah. they take like things that block the light. So if I only want to see the light on you, but not the person sitting next to you, they put a flag. It's called a flag that takes the light off the person next to them. So only the light hits the thing that it's supposed to be hitting. So mm-hmm. then the can the camera people are a different union. The craft service person is a different union. The guy who drives the truck to get to the location is a different union. So every every trade in the film industry is a different union, and you do not step on your other union brothers' toes. I can't drive a truck. I mean, I do something every day. I drive a car to work every single day. But once I get to work, I'm not allowed to drive my personal car. So if I have to go do, if I have to go to the lamp dock and pick up a light because we broke something, I gotta call a driver. I gotta call the driver captain. Okay. The driver captain has to call his guy. Says get in a van, take Chris over to this location, pick up a light, and bring it back. 
Yeah, and I bring and, it back. And why is that important so that Hollywood doesn't take advantage of things? I mean, do you have a perspective on that, or how do you break it down to someone that might go, well, man, that's like overkill, but it's it's kind of not, really. It's just job security because everyone has a specialty. You know, I don't want to be doing the, the next craft's job. You know, I don't want to have to worry about setting up food for the crew. We have a different union that does that. So they only have to concentrate on one thing, making sure the crew has a good eating area and, and decent food to eat for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, or whatever, whatever um, part of the day it is. Yeah, and uh, keep me honest, like, so we've, I've heard some things when I talked to Finnegan about roadkill and stuff, how, th- you know, kind of laws and the rules change over time, but do you guys, um, from a from a timing standpoint, isn't it, is it true that you guys would only work, like, so many hours a day, so, like, let's say they're like, oh, we're going to just go ahead and keep going, you know, to our 20th hour, like, how does that work when you're filming stuff? <laughs> exactly what you said, we're going to go until we're done. Okay, so, so, so lot, it does a lot work of that days. way. Okay. There's a lot of days where you do 15, 17 hour days. Got it. So and then and then you got to drive home. Yep. So so like how does that work? Like let's say um you know you live in X place right and they go we're filming like how far do you sometimes have to drive? Are you sometimes getting a hotel there because you're like damn I ain't driving fucking three hours I'm tired. Yeah. If 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 it's past so technically if it's like out of the zone so wherever their production office is set up they have 45 miles. Anything after 45 miles, they have to supply a hotel for you. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Cause, you know, they don't, you know, if you got to get up early the next day and film and those type of things. Yeah. So, like, well, we're working in San Diego. That's three hours for me. So, I'm not going to drive three hours home every night. Right. And then turn around and go back. So, they're going to get a hotel for that. Yep. So, do you ever get a chance, um, you know, being a big, I'm a kind of a universal fan. I love to look at the behind the scene photos, even from like Back to the Future and all those movies. Do you ever get a chance to work on, quote-unquote, the backlots? Or is that, you know, because you kind of mentioned some Sony productions and DreamWorks, that maybe that doesn't happen for you, or, or how does it work? So, the Sony picture, all those Spider-Man movies are filmed on the backlot of Universal Studios. Yep, got it. And and I got into watching a lot of the stuff. I know we're kind of getting off the trucks. I Hopefully the listeners will appreciate for whatever reason, I got into to watching a lot of the YouTube stuff where these guys will do these unbelievable you know, long videos, 20, 30 minute videos of like the history of Disney world and, and the back lots and this ride, you know, like jaws, for instance, I've learned so much about, you know, the issues that they had at universal originally and all this stuff. But, you know, going back to the back lot, it's really cool to see like when, when they redid the back lot for back to the future part two, you know, you see the old, you know, the guys that had the big video cameras and they took the video and at some point over time they uploaded it. So that stuff's always intriguing and it is mind blowing to me. Like even, some of the key sets of like the Jurassic World that took place right there on Universal, and and right. they're able to record it or you know to, to film it and and make it you almost feel like you're in a whole different like world, you know. Well, that's because there's a union called the the, the Greens, and all they are is in charge of plants. So they when they made Universal Backlot look like Jurassic Park, they spent weeks and weeks and truckload and truckload of plants that they rent from a, a nursery. Mm-hmm. And they, they and they do it in twelve-hour shifts, and they do it overnight, and they can make that whole place look different overnight. It's crazy. Yeah, it is a cr- it's cool stuff, man. Well, dude, I I just had to had to kind of go over on that subject because I was like, man, I know he's got some good stuff there. But when we get back to like trucks, and I think about the history of your club, man, 
Um, you guys even have, and uh, I want to make sure here, you got down, uh, you guys could type in D-O-W-N number two, Earth. So down to Earth, nope. SoCal. Not the number two. Not oh. the number two. Oh, not the number two. Nope, that's a, that's another club called Down Earth uh, in the Midwest somewhere. Okay, okay, gotcha. Right, so you guys, right, you guys are the numerical one, but I think on Instagram they might have threw. I don't know, it might be Down to Earth, but no, I know what you mean. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, ours is ours is Down T O. Got it. T O. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah Down Earth sen, um, sen Cow as well is on there. Yep, yep. So there's a couple different club members and whatnot. So, like, how proud of you? You know, how proud are you? That the club, you know, you guys have a tight-knit community. I mean, I remember guys even like Phil D's and some of these names, right? <laughs> yeah. Over the years, you guys have maintained – I mean, to do something for 10, 15, you go 20. Dude, you're almost three decades. I mean, that's that's a feat, man. Yeah, it's it's close to – let me see. In, in 20, 22, it'll be 30 years. That 30 years that I've been in. So let me see. So – uh, 18 was 30 years as a club. So we're 32 years as a club right now. It's That's a long time. Yeah, over three decades. And uh, let's not forget, you guys were inducted into the Main Truck Hall of Fame in 2016. That's that's a big feat. And, may, you know, and I always preface it and say, maybe not everyone agrees or, you know, they don't want those kudos, so to speak. But, dude, it's still a cool thing, man. It's badass. And and that was, a, that was another great story that I had because I had to work that day. Okay. So... I got off work like at four o'clock. I got in my car. I drove four hours to to Vegas to the ceremony. I had two beers, and I got in my car and I had to be back at work at six a.m. the next day. Dude, that's dedication, Chris. I mean, dude, <laughs> and, I like it, I met, bro. I met John Waters. John Waters when I when I showed up, he had a beer in his hand. I was like, "Here, this is for you." So he hands me a beer. I have one beer there. I have one beer at the ceremony, and then the uh, Bob Hayes does the ceremony, and then the thing was over. I shook everyone's hand. I got back in my car and I drove right back to LA. Yeah, real deal. And everyone, go follow John. He's a good dude. Uh, he's also from down the earth, right? Keep me honest. And um, yep. he's LS number six K five LS six K five on Instagram. Good dude. We're gonna eventually sync up with him. Yep. But when you think back to all the years that you've been doing this, what's the one thing that's really kind of kept you grounded, so to speak, in terms of wanting to do this? Because you know how fads come and go, and, you know, you do things, you know, BMX comes, goes, you get older, whatever, but, like, trucks has been, like, your mainstay, staple, whatever, for for 30 years, man, and it's, I, I don't know how, man, how, like, so what's the answer there? <laughs> uh, I, I think it's an addiction, man. I don't, I don't know. I don't have any real answer for that besides... It's it's fun. It's an addiction. I have a problem. I, I have a, I have a problem. That's the part of it. But like if, you know, if, when I when I'm not doing like I've been off for a couple of weeks because of the coronavirus. I've been in my shop every day for ten hour days, just tinkering with stuff. Well, and here's the here's the vibe I get. So you know, correct me if I'm wrong, right? You know, I saw your wife's name in this feature uh, for the on the cover. And, yep. you know, from from what I gather, you know, a lot of women, they seem to like that, hey, you know what, you had this passion, you're at the crib, you know, you guys, you got your little compound there. And uh, I think I, I've seen it um, on Facebook in the past, like, kudos, salvage, and chop, right, as that kind of yep, yep. little name. It should, say, it, it should say storage and chop. <laughs> I like that better. But is it like, you know, your wife is like, yo... You know, he's not going out getting too crazy. He's doing his stuff here, and he's he's loving life. I mean, she must support, you know, the real deal of what you're doing, man. Yeah, she she's down with it. So she, you know, 
that's exactly what it is. I'm not doing other stuff. I'm not going out. You know, when we go out, we go out as a family, like we're going camping tomorrow. We're going out to the desert for a couple of days. Uh, and as long as we could do things that she wants to do, she lets me do my thing. So like you say, happy wife, happy life. Love it, man. She's laughing at me because she hears me right now. Ah, we got give her a shout out, man, from OLP, dude. We're we're down. We love we love down to earth, man. I'll tell you that. <laughs> so, uh, speaking of down to earth, I wanted to get this question in. I really like, uh, dare I say, the simplicity of the logo. What um, yeah. was there? Is there a story behind it? Who created it? You know, who penned that originally? I that part I cannot answer because, like I said, I got it in '92. And they down there started in 88 out of a, another club called Little Trucks. Okay. This, this little club called Little Trucks used to run around Burbank, California. And like any other club, someone had a problem with someone and a couple guys broke off and they started down to earth. And so what, back in 88, I was in ground control, which is an old school club. I don't even know if, I don't think anyone even has a window of ground control anymore, but I was in the ground control when I first met some dudes from down earth at a truck run. Mm-hmm. And, and that's how I met those guys. And then when I got out of down earth, I'm like, Oh, I'm going to go to the Valley and drive like three minutes from my house to go to these truck club meetings. And I showed up at their first meeting and they're like, Canyon country. That's like 30 miles away. That's way the hell out of here, out there. I'm like, it's like 30 minutes, dude. <laughs> but they grew up in the, they grew up in the Valley where everything's close. I grew up out in little, in a can. Uh, town called Canyon Country, which is like a little country. So nothing was close to us. So everything was 30 minutes away. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's crazy, but it's also cool and humbling to hear like someone like yourself that, you know, I think of, you know, you probably think of yourself as just a regular old guy, but, you know, you've had a lot of success. There's a lot of passion there. But it's cool to also hear like a guy like you go, yeah, I remember I showed up to the truck club meeting, you know, like you kind of come from humble beginnings and you just had the passion and, you know, you've, you've kept the pedal stomped all these years. Yeah, that's it. Like I said before, it's an addiction. So what's it like, you know, not everyone gets to own maybe a truck or maybe they don't have the passion to see a, tr- a project through like what you did. Uh, there's a cool f- photo that we'll share um and it's one that um it was on if custom site for a long time and you know the site's kind of down but you can sometimes still see the photos but there's a photo where you're cruising it it's uh all bare metal you see the coolers in the back i mean things skating it's got to be a great feeling to have driven that truck down the interstates and taken it to shows and just seeing the people gawk at it when you come in like what's the feeling when you drive it it's well it's it's a trip when it drives because you see how they drive it. They all, all of them drive super low. So you don't see, you don't see any of the wheels or tires. So, cause I drive it, everyone drives them low these days. Yep. But when we first started doing it, we were like the, I don't want to say the pioneers, but like when I have first built the pro street, you couldn't even see the wheels on it. So we'd be going down the street and people were like, what the hell is that thing hovering? And so it's like, we just hover them. So it's fun to drive. It was great to drive. I remember pulling into uh, into one of the Forbidden shows right after I painted it black. And I pull in, and the guy at the gate's like, dude, the guy with the yellow and white one's going to be so pissed at you. I'm like, really? <laughs> I think, think I've heard that story before. Yeah, I think I've heard that story. I forget if it was on one of Low Life Mikey's or something. I remember hearing that. And you're like, no way. There's another one? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's, um, it's fun to drive. I mean, it, it drives so low. People are like, what the hell? And then, you know, when someone tailgates you or something, you just lower a little more and you peel off road dots and they back way off. 
Yeah, man. Well, I've been trying to keep the hashtag going. I know you guys have used it some bit um, for for some of the cool builds. Um, it's DTE, which stands for Down to Earth, f- number four. And then I think it's L-I-F-E, because I sometimes will do it backwards. Sometimes I'll do L-I... No, I think it's L-Y-F-E. But there's a couple different hashtags. The guys will see it when I start hashtagging these. But there's a homie, Anthony. He goes... Uh, yeah. I, think, I think he changed his Instagram name, so I don't have it handy. But he's got that old... It, well, it's not old, but it's the Ford Ranger that was an OG build, and I know he was super <laughs> excited to get that thing. That's a funny story because he sold it. He sold it last week. Oh, did he? No way. He sold it to someone who's taking it to Japan next week or something like that. No way! Wow. So, you know, there, there's guys out there that um th- that you know love to kind of bring something back, and then they're on to the next one, and, and maybe that's what his uh, thought process was. That's that's what his deal is. He's a He's he flips, he gets super involved in in a project, and then as soon as it's done, he's bored with it, and he he gets rid of it, and he builds in something else, and he's building some, he's building a Crown Vic right now. He got rid of that that truck Sunday. He sold it Sunday. He's already bought a Crown Vic, and he's already got wheels and tires on. And he's buying pack parts right now. Yeah, it's the journey for a lot of guys. I, I know some people that yeah. build some pretty high end stuff, and I'm like, why would you sell that? And they're like, nope, time for the next one, but. Um, yeah. And I think it is DTE number four LIFE. There's a hashtag you guys have used a good bit. I've tried to use it too. But uh, what do you know about? And I'm trying to remember Steve Platt with the Hot Wheels. Wasn't he was a, a OG member, right? Or you know, old no, school member? No, he's no, no. So he sold it to Josh Smith. Owned it. Oh, when it was, that's when it was right. Down to Earth. Got it. Josh okay. Smith owns it. Yeah. Yeah, and so that I truck is Steve, one of my favorites. He, yeah, Steve Platt built it. And then I guess Josh was building a truck with someone else, and the guy burned him on it. So he just bought something done. He bought the Hot Wheels truck done, and then he rolled it forever, forever, and down to earth. And then, uh, and then he decided to sell it because he was—he's trying to build a uh, a Riddler truck to oh, go, wow. go to the Detroit Autorama, and uh, he sold it to a guy in Texas who was doing some work on his Riddler truck. With the intention, I guess, to buy it back if the guy ever sold it. Well, the guy sold it to uh, Fester. Yes. So now Fester has it, right? Yes, yes. That was the last I, I think understood. Fester, I think Fester was selling it recently, too, I think. Yeah, there was a few that he was trying to move, and that was one of my all-time favorite trucks. And, yeah, I always get the, the ownership mixed up on it because, to your point, the one I think the second guy had it a long time, too. So yeah. it was kind of cool. It was rocking the Colorado Custom Steering Wheel and, and whatnot. Yep. There's a lot of history. Now, when you think back, you know, we've talked about a lot of stuff and, and, you know, you probably got some thoughts and whatnot, but like, what, what do you, like, what's your favorite thing about the truck scene? You know, um, I'm sure I don't want to try to put words in your mouth, but there's gotta be something that sticks out. I mean, you went to a lot of shows over the years. You met a lot of people. You've been around some legends, uh, someone arguably and saying, Hey man, you know, you're a legend. You've been around a long time, but what's something that you really value about the truck scene? Uh, I would say the friendships that that the people that I've met, you know, like I said, I met, I, I had a great friendship with Courtney before he passed. Through Courtney and through IF Customs, I about this, I met this dude named Lori Sterling, which we all know yes. from Australia, which also was a great dude, and unfortunately he passed. And my Lori story is. So I was at my house in Acton with my truck was so yellow and white. And I got a call from Carrie saying, Hey, there's some dude from Australia who wants to come check out your truck. Do you mind if he comes out there? I'm like, yeah, no problem. So this dude shows up at my house with his wife 
and he's like, I got the story to tell about your truck. He went to some GM or Chevy plant design center and they had a picture of my truck in bare steel in their design center, like conference room. He's no like, way. Take a picture of your truck in the in the design center conference room in Bear Steel, and I told them that I'm coming to your house tomorrow to see the truck. So he saw my truck in Bear Steel at the GM Design Center. Then he showed up my house the next day to look at it, yellow and white. And then a year later, I went to Australia on my honeymoon. I went to his house, and he drove me all around town. We stayed the night at his house. Him and his girlfriend made us dinner. Me and my wife dinner, and we partied with him. Wow, dude. Yeah. So yeah, and I, tell I would you, say it's the people you get to meet. Yeah, and I, I can't argue with you, man, because I tell you, when we started the podcast five years ago, uh, the quick story is, you know, we, you know, I've always looked up to Lori's ever since I had m- never met him, but since I knew of him through the truck stuff, right? And I yeah. know he helped some guys and he built some some really cool stuff. Well, after you know his passing, you know we we talked about it, and his brother had hit us up, and we kind of I became you know a friend to his brother, so to speak. You know we'll exchange texts, and we're gonna get him on. I think when we we tried to nail it down last year, and he his son I think it was his son, his child was just born, and it wasn't a oh. good time. You know like he you know and I was like, look man, family first, no problem. And I said, hey, take care of that. And he goes, no, I want to yeah, do it. I go, hey, do that, and, and then we'll link up. But. It, it is amazing to me, the stories. Like, I mean, dude, the guy, like, you, you probably think sometimes, man, the guy's on the other side of the world. That's what I was thinking. And I became yeah. friends with him because we love trucks, you know, and because we said exactly good things about uh, Lori, but true things about him. You know, he was a guy that people loved, and I wish I would have met him. And it's cool that there's the foundation and there's some things that they've carried on. But it is crazy. The I guess, you know, you heard the term, man, it's a small world. But when it comes to the yeah. truck scene, it really is. I mean, it's so weird. So he came to my house in America just to see my truck. And then when I went to Australia, two years later, he's like, come to my house. And like I said, he, he cooked us dinner. We spent the night at his house. It was just all through my truck, all through IF Customs, all through just the truck scene, like you said. it's That's what's, I would say, that's the best part about it. You know, I've met, you know, Travis Pruis, guy in my club. Mm-hmm. I've known Travis since he was 16. I've seen Travis grow up, get married, have kids. I was there when Travis drank his first beer. It was so funny. <laughs> oh man, you're like you're like the Don of the family. I love it. And <laughs> and, and, and what's cool is, like, like you said, man, a lot of you know, Ronnie uses the word lineage, which I think is a great word. And when you think of you know some of the notes that I had written down, it was like, man, when you when you look at the spider web from from Grant to Carrie, you know, obviously got the connection there. You talked about with Lori. In all of these different names, even the Courtney Hollowells of the world, it's just insane. And at the end of the day, it's just something you love to do. It's not like you've, uh, you know, went to like you know Harvard to, to do something. It's like, hey, this is just what I love, and this is what I do. And you've been doing yeah. it for all this time, man. So it's cool. It's 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 something I love for sure. I love it's you know you you build trucks. It's a love hate. One day you love it. A few hours later, you hate it because you can't get that damn part to work. Right? Yeah, and you're the like the next day when you finally get it to work. off. yeah, I love this thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, where do you see the truck scene like in the next like five or ten years? I mean, we've seen trends come and go. OBS is on the rise, as we say. C10s have That's awesome. been been you know crazy for years. But you know, where do you? I don't know. Five or ten years. I mean, are we going to be? Everybody's going to be doing electric motors because gas is too expensive. I mean, what's your thought? <laughs> An uh, electric motor truck would be badass. I, I know, know right? Rick over uh, Rick over our customers is doing some electric 
R&D right now on some stuff, and he has a plan. I don't know if he told you he has a plan to build. Uh-uh. He has a 60s Bentley, 60-something Bentley that he wants to put a Tesla motor in. Wow. Dude, that so, guy is – is it, that guy, I tell you what, loved having him on, episode 100. But, man, he's a talented guy, man. I'm, since I have no work right now, I'm going to go work at a shop starting next week. Oh, dude, I love it, and and I've got a couple things I gotta send out his way, and he's been saying, "Hey, send them out," uh, you know, whenever. He, so I got I got to do that because there's a couple things he was gonna help me out with. So I think yeah. that's cool. Um, and then, oh, even though I might not be the biggest fan of this show, right? I mean, this show. I mean, I've been watching it on Netflix, and I'm kind of like, eh. You know, not everyone likes it, but um, there's that show Gotham Garage, right? And I, and even if I don't like something, I try to find a positive in it, right? So when I was watching yeah. it, they had an electric. They did an electric car. It was like a gremlin or something. At first, I'm going, man, these guys don't know what they're doing. And of course, you don't know behind the scenes. They have all these people come in. But I tell you, once they got this car done, I wasn't a fan of the overall look of it. But man, they did some right. electric stuff in it, and people don't realize how much power. There was also a shop in Texas that was doing a. They were doing a Lincoln electric car, and I forget the name That's of their shop. Ass. But yeah, they they've done a few things. So. It it is crazy how how times come and go, but um, man, dude, what else? I mean, we talked about so much. I mean, I want to make sure we don't forget anything. We could always have you back, but are there any other stories or anything else you wanted to maybe share? Uh, just <laughs> just so I'm I'm not missing any key stuff here. Ah <laughs> uh, man, there's so much we could talk about. Um, I just I just want to thank you for having me on and and being able to share this part of it. So I think that's awesome. I think your your shows are great. I I listen to you. I listen to. Uh, the C10 talk guys, yes. I think you guys are all doing a good job. And I think, I think the future of this mini truck, if you want to call it a sport, I don't know if it's a sport because even those fat guys can do it. But um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, is this future of this this mini truck thing is is because of you and C10 talk and low life video and all the people that put the effort in day in day out to to make it known to everyone else so that's where the future of this sport is going to go as long as people like you guys keep doing what you're doing and keep people interested in it uh it'll continue to grow like my club is small i don't we don't go to a lot of cruise nights we don't have we haven't had a new member in uh, until recently we haven't had a new member in years because mm-hmm. we don't go to all the cruise nights i don't do everything you know i have a family i have three kids i have a wife for three kids that work 75 hours a week sometimes i don't want to go do that kind of stuff but um so so for anyone to be interested in down to earth they have to hear about it from you and from ronnie and from all these other guys and mm-hmm. and i don't have any young guys out cruising recruiting anybody so i just think it's important for you guys to tell the story and the history and the future of the sport is through all you guys is what I honestly think. Well, thanks for the kind words. I remember when I was reading mini truck and standing in cash and carry grocery stores, you know, probably embarrassed to ask my parents to buy me a magazine that had a chick on the front of it. And, you know, all these years <laughs> later to be able to talk to some of the all time greats and people that I've looked up to over the years, whether you guys know it or not, you look at the trucks, you look at the relationships, the people, all of that stuff, you know, there's a lot of history there, and we love sharing it. And um, I think, um, you know, it's awesome that someone like you, that, you know, you're a family guy, you know, again, three kids, a wife, you know, at home, all that stuff and work. And then on top of it, you're so passionate. Um, it re- really reinforces that, you know, although we tell people, hey, you got to go out and support the shows, 
there's other people that are supporting behind the scenes, building cool stuff that becomes magazine uh, cover trucks and things like that, that are really um, ingrained in our brain forever. So, you know, thank you to all the hard work you put in, all the beers you drink, all the good times you have, because if you guys wouldn't be doing that, we wouldn't have shit to talk about straight up and down. <laughs> right. Yeah, I agree. You're right. That's fun. So it's cool. So you could follow again, uh, DTE Kudo, C O U T O on Instagram. You can type in down to earth. You'll see it pop up there. Uh, you got a couple different members out there. Uh, I'd love to kind of talk more in the future, maybe about some of the other trucks and maybe, you know, even if you have some of the other members one night come by and we could do like a round robin talking about some of the stuff, but dude, man, I know oh, that'd be, that would be a blast. I, we yeah. have, we'll have beers going. <laughs> you would get some crazy stories if there was four or five of us sitting there on a conference call. I, I might have to fly out there for that one, man. Take a long weekend. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll have to get in that. Wait till there's a good show. We'll, we'll do that at Forbidden or something. Yeah, We're all man. hammered. Yeah, no, that'll be awesome. Well, dude, much love, down to earth, man. You guys have been killing it for uh, thirty plus, um, man. Thanks for your time. Go check out Low Life Mikey on YouTube. You'll see the show with Chris Kudo, real deal, Holyfield. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. I really appreciate you You're doing a great job. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Biachio. Mm-hmm.